ഹമദുഹുസ്ഫിറുഹുനുബിഹിനുഫ്ലാമുദില്ലാഹുഫലാമുദില്ലാഹുഫലാഹാദിയലാഹുഫലാഹാദിയലാഹുഫലാഹാ
sajda means what we know in Urdu as sajda, sujud. Tilawat is also uh, a word that we use frequently. Tilawat means to read or recite the Quran. So according to Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala an, sajday tilawat is farz on that person who would recite certain verses of the Quran or verses in which prostration has to be performed. So anybody who recites certain verses of the Quran according to Hazrat Uthman bin Affan and that was his opinion being a great jurist as well as a Sahabi and in fact this was a fatwa which was famously known during his own Khilafat that anybody who would read certain verses of the Quran and in it the laws were to perform sujood according to him sajday tilawat was considered to be farz just like how salah is farz according to him sajday tilawat is also considered to be farz just to explain sajday tilawat certain verses of the Quran ulama have mentioned that it is the duty of the muslimin to follow the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam as the companions also followed Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam we receive information and knowledge from the companions that when they prayed salah behind Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam when Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam read or recited certain verses of the Quran with the recitation of the verse Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam even followed that with a sajda, with a sujood. And this was also the practice of the companions and the companions had termed this practice to be the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Ulama have even explained to us the wisdom why sajday tilawat is performed. Now this is very very important, at times we carry out certain actions uh, in Islam and we don't even know why we are performing a certain action, why we are carrying out that action. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam's habit when it came to the recitation of the Qur'an was that he would recite the Qur'an attentively. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would recite the Qur'an very slowly and also with tajweed and with tartil. This is the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And with the full attention of the meaning of the verses. Now unfortunately with us at times what happens is that because we are not familiar with the Arabic language so sometimes it's a disadvantage for us. But for those who are familiar with the language it's quite easy for them to even concentrate uh, when it comes to the verses of the Quran which a person is reciting be it in salah or even outside salah ulama have mentioned Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's manners in reciting the Quran if he was to read a verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in reference to Jannah or about his mercy then Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would 
unfold himself accordingly and that he would want to express that he is also the recipient of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in humility he would want to show this great zeal to enter Jannah by reciting the verses of the Quran in that manner. Similarly, if Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to recite verses of the Quran in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the day of judgment. That is why when some of the companions noticed that Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam had grey hair just, just around here this section here and so there were the, for the first time grey hair was visible and they came to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they said Ya Rasulullah when you love someone you, you want him to remain in that condition forever and they said Ya Rasulullah you are getting old <laughs> Ya Rasulullah you are getting old Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said Shayyibatni hood Shayyibatni hood Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam said Certain verses of the Quran have made me old In which there is a command to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam Wastaqim kama umirta Istiqamat is a difficult task To remain firm and committed to the mission given to the prophets Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala orders Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that I want you to be firm in the orders given to you and in remaining firm in that fear maybe your prophet your messenger has become old Allahu Akbar and in another narration he speaks of certain verses so for an example, Surah Al-Quwwirat and other verses similar which speak about um, the horrors of the hereafter and what will happen in the hereafter on the day of judgment, how people will go to Jahannam. So when Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would recite certain verses of the Quran which speak about Jahannam or describe Jahannam or describe uh, Qabr and the punishment of the grave, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would start breathing heavily for he knew the meaning of the Quran and this was quite evident this was something that was witnessed by the companions not only with Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam but even with sahaba kiram ajma'in it is said about Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq it was very difficult for him to stand as an imam and to continuously read even one ruku of the Quran without continuously weeping without crying and so Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would start breathing heavily and the eyes would be filled with tears and often Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would start crying so these are the manners and etiquettes of reciting the Quran as for Sajday Tilawat in some verses of the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the condition of the believers and the good signs of the believers. And in some verses, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the condition of a disbeliever or a hypocrite. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that out of arrogance, the disbelievers have rejected the call of Islam 
at the hands of the prophets, Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam. And the disbelievers are such that when they are invited to prostrate Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to make sujood to Allah, out of arrogance they reject and they turn away from prostration. And these verses and similar verses in which there is some form of an implication of a sajda, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would immediately respond to the verse of the Qur'an and make a sajda for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the believers, all of the believers, the companions would even do a sajda to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are your obedient slaves. We are not like the disbelievers and the munafiqeen and the hypocrites that who hear about you and your power, your glory, your verses and who turn away from you. We are those who will surrender to you and humility, in humility, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam would perform a sajda. And this was also uh, something that was taken by all of the companions of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and until today. Uh, this is more evident in Salatul Taraweeh. When we read Salatul Taraweeh, you will find that at certain portions or sections of the Quran, a qari will fall into prostration because that verse speaks of prostrating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam responding to the meaning of that verse Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam would immediately perform sajda. Now just to give you an example, brothers, we know about newspapers and when we want to buy house, we look at Leicester Mercury and quickly flick over and we know which page houses for sale are and we know the items we want to buy in the Leicester Mercury, turn at the back. When it comes to sport, we go at the back, look at what's happening around. We know the, we know the newspapers really well at the flick of the fingers. But when it comes to the Quran, when you say to them, do you know where Surah Yasin is? Find out. Where is Surah Maryam? And, uh, you know, my basic knowledge about the Quran is uh, at a very rudiment stage. I'm not a professional in the Quran. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. And, and therefore, I want to show you, my respected brothers, Surah Al-A'raf is the first part where the laws of sajda have been mentioned. And generally with the, with the new prints of the Qur'an you will find that there is always a marking where it says, where it says sajda. And so when a person is reading, he'll actually look on the side of the margin and he'll realize that this is where the sajda is. So at the end of the verse, he will commit himself to one Sajda. Now very quickly, if you look at where Sajda is written, it says here Salatha. What does it say? Salatha. Can you see that? Salatha. And Salatha means this is the three quarter of the Quran. Salatha would mean this is the three quarter of the Quran. These are marks and indicators which are well known to a hafiz of the Quran. And so if you look on this side, it will say Nisf. Can you say Nisf? And this would mean that this is half a para. What is it? Half a para. So the next ruku, after where it says nis, will mean that you've read half a para. And if you look at other verses, so for an example here, it says rubu'. What does he say? Rubu'. And rubu' would mean it's a quarter of the 
para. So these are markings of the Quran that insan, as human beings, as believers, we need to really familiar ourselves with. Just to explain to you the tarjuma, the meaning of certain verses, the very first sajday tilawat in the Quran is at the end of Surah Al-A'raf. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ الْقُرْآنِ فَاسْتَمِعُوا Certain etiquettes and adab have been mentioned with regards to the recitation of the Quran. That when you read the Quran, the first adab, the first etiquette is فَاسْتَمِعْ Listen to the Quran attentively. Listen to the Quran attentively. The second adab, وَأَنْسِتُ وَأَنْسِتُ And my favorite translation which I, I would do here is Listen to the Quran attentively and hush. What's the translation? And hush. Hush means quiet. Hush. Khamush. And hush. Be silent. From this ayati karima, la'allakum turhamun, so that you receive the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa rahmatullahi, we have the four famous fiqhs and all of these great scholars. Now just to explain, in the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa, when an Imam is reciting qiraat or any section of the Qur'an, it would not be right for the muqtadi, for the worshippers, to recite anything after him, or to even mimic the words of the Imam. So when you are in your jama'at prayer, in your congregational prayer, if you are in ruku, then of course you have to read the tasbih in your ruku. You have to share that position with the imam, and so the imam will also read the tasbih, and you will also read the tasbih. When you're in sujood, you will also do the tasbih. When you are in a tahiyyat, imam will also read, and you will also read. This is in the case when you are following an imam. But the minute the imam is in this position of qiyam, he will say, Allahu Akbar, and he will read Surah Al-Fatiha. Now according to some of the Imams, La Salata Illa Bi Fatihatil Kitab is one hadith that you have to read Surah Al-Fatiha. And therefore, they will also read Surah Al-Fatiha even though the Imam is reading. And according to their fiqh, they are correct. But according to the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa, because of the verse of the Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said, وَإِذَا قُرِئَ Quran." Where the Qur'an is being read, فَاسْتَمِعْ Then you have to listen. وَأَنْسِتُ And therefore the fatawa is given in the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa is that it would be wrong for a person to recite any section of the Qur'an whilst the Imam is reading the Qirat. And this is the same even when a person is performing Salatul Asr or Salatul Salatul Zuhr. Because the Imam has been already appointed in the front to, to read on behalf of the community. So this is just one mas'ala which I wish to explain where we get the dalil. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ تَدَرُّعًا وَخِيفًا Keep remembering your Lord in your heart or in your mind, تَدَرُّعًا وَخِيفًا In the manner of beseeching and in the manner of fearing Him, دُونَ الْجَهْرِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ And do not raise your voice when you remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as if one is shouting. بِالْقُدُوِّ وَالْآسَالِ Morning and night, do the zikr of Allah. وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ And don't be from amongst those that are heedless. Those that are heedless from amongst the ghafilin. 
And then Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ Verily for those who are with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as in close to their Lord, لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ They don't show arrogance in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. عَنْ عِبَادَتِهِ وَيُسَبِّحُونَهُ And they glorify Him, they do the tasbih of Allah, and immediately Allah says, وَلَهُ يَسْجُدُونَ And they don't hesitate in doing sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now in this verse, Allah speaks of the character of the believers, that they do the zikr of Allah, they do the tasbih of Allah, they don't show arrogance, they don't show pride, and immediately they would fall down on their knees to prostrate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, to uh, fulfill the deeper meaning of the verses that have been read, Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would perform one, Sajda, and this sajda is known as Sajdeh Tilawat. So Sayyidina Uthman bin Affan was of the opinion that this Sajdeh Tilawat is what? What is it? Faraz. According to Hazrat Uthman bin Affan radiallahu ta'ala. Now we need to understand that Sajda is that posture which is greatly loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Greatly loved. Brothers will notice that when it comes to your salah, everything in salah is only once. Your qiyam is once, in one raka'at, in one unit. Your ruku is once. But sajda is such a posture which Allah loves that in every raka'at times it by two. Two times you have to do sajda. And ulama have mentioned that in that position of sajda when a person asks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it is guaranteed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would accept his dua that is why in the hadith it comes on the day of qiyamah when humanity will be suffering the sun will be on top of your head people will be suffering and people will run in nakedness to anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam father will not recognize his son the wife will not want to know the husband. The husband will not want to know the wife. On the day of Qiyamah, all relationships will be invalid. And finally, they will go to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the first action taken by any Nabi on the day of Qiyamah is the action of sajda. By who? By Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And where the arsh of Allah is, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam will fall in prostration and he will praise the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and glorify the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the hadith comes, then Allah will command Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, irfa' ra'sak, lift up your head, ask and you will be given. Whoever you intercede for, your intercession will be accepted. Just to show you how important sajda is, my respected brothers. And that is why even today, when we perform our salah, especially our nafal salah, not for the imam, because there are separate rulings for the imam. The imam cannot delay his salah. The imam cannot delay his salah. And that is very important. But when you are actually performing at an individual level, where no one is following you, so it is to your own physical capacity of how fresh fresh you are and the power that you have. A person can spend five minutes, ten minutes in sajda and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you will see subhanallah 
that when you lift up your head from that sajda, you will have this refreshing spirit in you. Uh, your level of iman will also increase. So sajda is the greatest posture that is greatly loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the hadith it comes that there are certain actions which are unbearable for the shaitan to see. One action is when Musa bhai is in action and he says, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. The minute he takes the platform at the back where the mihrab is, the shaitan runs a mile. He goes to Coventry. Where does he go? The shaitan goes to Coventry. The shaitan goes to Coventry. So shaitan goes to Coventry. And if in Coventry the azan takes place, then they kick him out from Coventry. And he has to run and run and run. And so this is an unbearable situation for the shaitan. Ulama have mentioned again when a person goes into sajda, it becomes unbearable for him. He actually can't see a believer in sajda. Why? Because it was this action that actually dismissed him from that very high position. Yeah. Huh? When Adam salam was created, the very first test in the heavens, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to everyone in the heavens, all of you usjuduli Adam, all of you prostrate, Adam alayhi salam, fasajadu, everyone prostrated, illa Iblis. His name was Azazil, but this name was given to him. Iblis means a man of confusion, a man of confusion. Iblis means a person who confuses individuals. This is what Iblis does. He confuses and makes life difficult for a person. So those who had prostrated earned the pleasure of Allah, and the one who disobeyed became the accursed one. He became the accursed one. And so in the hadith it comes that it is unbearable for him to see someone in sajda. Very difficult for him. In fact, it comes that he actually turns his face away when he sees a person in sajda. He can't see that. In the hadith it comes, which is narrated by Hazrat Abu Huraira, that when Ibn Adam is given the command to recite the Qur'an, he recites the Qur'an. When he does sajda after reciting the Qur'an, he earns the pleasure of Allah and for him it is in jan- for him it is Jannah. This is the hadith. And the shaitan makes a runner. In the hadith it comes, the shaitan makes a runner. And he says whilst r- running and crying, and these are the words of mourning, he says that I disobeyed Allah and for me it is Jahannam. I disobeyed Allah, for me it is Jahannam. Now some of you might be thinking that oh maybe shaitan is now regretting. Shaitan is now regretting all of a sudden his he's in this repenting mood. No, my respected brothers, Shaitan, Shaitan hota hai. He is that entity which changes color frequently to deceive the believers. Uh, you can never ever uh, put faith in Shaitan. Now, it's not that a disbelieving jinn cannot embrace Islam. Generally, the followers of Iblis have been given a label of being Shaitan. What are they? Shaitan. Shaitan means Shatanun. Shatanun means the one who is very far from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But even from the jinns, you have Christian jinns. 
You have jinns that are Jews in their religious identity. You have jinns that even worship idols. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give hidayah to whom He wills. There are certain jinns who are disbelievers. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can give them hidayat and they might embrace Islam. Just like we have non-Muslims and they become Muslims. So even amongst the jinns that path is open. But generally for the shayateen, they are very stubborn. What are they? Scholars have described them to be stubborn and proficient liars. Proficient liars. That is why when the shaitan came close to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam to distract him. Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam's blessing was such that when Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam looked at that jinn who was a disbeliever, immediately qad aslama, in the hadith it comes that he embraced Islam at the hands of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So that possibility is there. It, is, it comes uh, in, in, in some of the books that once a shaitan met Hazrat Musa alayhi salam. And he came to Musa alayhi salam and he says, Oh, great Nabi of Banu Israel, I come to you. Why don't you intercede on behalf of me and ask Allah to forgive me? Yeah. He's asking Musa alayhi salam that Musa alayhi salam must ask Allah mm-hmm. that you must intercede and ask for forgiveness on behalf of me. You'll find some of the people who are extremely lazy. What are they? Extremely lazy. And they'll come and say, Mawal can you do me one favor? I said, what? He says, can you do istikhara on behalf of me? Can you do istikhara? Ab ma khud apneli istikhara nahi karta hu. Mujhe itna time hai ke tereli istikhara kar. Bye, go. Bye, go. I don't even know you. And... I don't even know of your condition. And they want somebody else to do istikhara. You know, people are so lazy, so lazy, that just to perform two rakats, and just to read the dua of salatul is, uh, sorry, just to read the dua of istikhara, which is mentioned in the books of hadith, they will want somebody else to do istikhara for them, so homework is done, you know, the, the cake is already cooked for him, the icing is there and you put it in his mouth. Ha beta, this is the answer. Inna lillahi wa inna ilihi raji'un. This is the wrong way of thinking about istikhara. Wrong way. You want to get married and you want Molisab to do istikhara. You want to get married and you want Molisab to do istikhara. You want a good job and you want the Molisab to do the istikhara. Subhanallah. And when you get the job, who is the Maulana and who are you? Nobody knows. Ah, salam alaikum salam. Gone. Gone with the wind. Chala gaya ya insan. Allahu Akbar. And so he came to Musa alayhi salam. Make dua. Musa alayhi salam was overjoyed. Oh, aaj to mera din ho gaya. Shaitan aya. And Musa alayhi salam. And you know, Musa alayhi salam is an incredible character. What a great Nabi. Musa alayhi salam was one of those. You know, he was like Hazrat Umar ibn al-Khattab. When you look at the companions, he was the, the nature of Umar ibn al-Khattab, a man who did not reserve himself. Anything that was in the mind, he would say it. And he was so beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this intense love that he had, he would look for opportunities. 
to communicate with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we recall in the verses of the Quran, he loved Allah so much, he said, Allah, I want to see you in this dunya. I want to see you in this dunya. And he was Kalimullah. Many few have the honor, like Musa alayhi salam, the great Nabi. And Musa alayhi salam immediately gets connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is very merciful. Allah says to Musa alayhi salam, Oh Musa, even today I am ready to forgive Iblis and Shaitan. Even today I am ready to forgive Shaitan and Iblis. But tell him to stand at the qabr of Adam alayhi salam, and do sajda to the qabr of Adam alayhi salam, I will forgive him. Because Adam alayhi salam has, he's passed away, he's passed away. So do the sajda in front of him, I will forgive him. And when Musa alayhi salam thinking that this man was, this shaitan is genuine, and he came, ha, huh, Allah has decided to forgive you, not a problem, come and prostrate to Adam alayhi salam. Prostrating Adam alayhi salam is prostrating to the command of Allah. What is it? Prostrating to the command of Allah. And it's quite difficult for us to understand this prostration. Why? Because in previous, in the previous sharia, with the previous prophets and their laws, prostration was permissible. Prostration was permissible. And this prostration is known as a um, the prostration of ta'zim, the prostration of ta'zim or of veneration. So, for an example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of Yusuf alayhi salam. When Yusuf alayhi salam was united uh, with his parents and the parents came to Egypt, there was this royal throne, arsh, of Yusuf alayhi salam. And Yusuf alayhi salam sat on that arsh with his parents. Allah says, وَرَفَعَ أَبَوَيْهِ عَلَى الْأَرْشِ وَخَرُّوا لَهُ سُجَّدًا وَخَرُّوا لَهُ سُجَّدًا And the people that were around him all prostrated to Ya'qub alayhi salam and to Yusuf alayhi salatu was salam. Now this, this sujood is a sajda of ta'zim, of veneration, which was accepted in the previous sharia, but abrogated in the sharia of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam once a group of companions came to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they actually were about to prostrate to him in the method of greeting him Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam got angry and said what are you doing? he says no ya Rasulullah when we go to foreign territories we see that the citizens of that country when they greet their leaders they actually perform a sajda when they want to greet their kings or ambassadors. And this, was, this is the manner of saluting the, the VIP people, the, the president or the leaders of any country. And so you are the greatest creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are in that position that we do sajda to you. You are in that position that we do sujood to you. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, in my sharia, it is haram to do sajda to anyone except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And now for my mothers and sisters listening to me at home Take this with a pinch of salt Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam said If I was to order anyone in my ummah to prostrate To any other creation other than Allah I would ask the women folks of my ummah To do sajda to their husbands 
good news. Good news for us. Why? Good news, huh? Are you happy? Mothers or sisters listening at home, Jisko Khana Abhi Nimila hai, to aap halal fish and chips HMC wali approve Wahase Khala. Wahase Khala. Khana Nimila. If I was to instruct anyone to do sajda, I would have asked the women folks in my ummah to prostrate to the husband. This is the honor that Allah has given to the husband. But I need to even entertain and make our mothers and sisters at home a bit happy also. Imagine the honor Allah's Nabi has given to them. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Al-Jannatu tahta aqdam al-ummahat. Paradise lies under the feet of a woman. Paradise lies under the feet of your mother. Mother, who is a mother? Mother is a woman. Every lady generally in, in, in the life, of course, whatever life Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given her, she will one day become a mother. And this is her honor that Jannah is under her feet. So if she is to prostrate, well, which is not correct in Islam anyway. So I don't want you guys to go home now and say, right, sir, come down. Huh? Is tariqe se karna kya hai? Galat hai. Subhanallah So my respected brothers, this posture is something that is greatly loved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Very quickly, to explain to you some of the madhahib of sajday tilawat and the rulings of sajday tilawat. Hazrat Uthman bin Affan is of the opinion that sajday tilawat is what? Farz. Imam Abu Hanifa is of the opinion that it is wajib. What is it? So for those who follow the fiqh of Hanafiya, for them it is wajib. So for us it would be very important to carry out sajda. Why? Because of one hadith of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in, in which Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has said, As-sajdatu liman sami'aha wa liman qari'aha. That sajda is on that person who listens to the verse of prostration and waliman talaha and the one who recites the verse of prostration. That is why in the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa, even if you were to listen to this verse, all of you have to do sajda tilawat, those who follow the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa, even if you were to listen unintentionally, you will still have to perform this is the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa. Imam Shafi'i, Imam Malik, and Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal. These great scholars are of the opinion that Sajdai Tilawat is Sunnah. What is it? Sunnah. So for anyone who follows the fiqh of Shafi, Maliki, or Hanbali, then for them it is only a Sunnah. They don't have to perform Sajdai Tilawat. But according to the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa, for them it is Wajib. How do you perform Sajdai Tilawat? First of all, how many Sajdai Tilawats are there in the Quran? According to the scholars, Sajdai Tilawat are 15 sections in the Quran. How many? 15 sections. 15 in the Quran, as in Hazrat Amr ibn al As was explained by Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The markings of Sajdai Tilawat in the Quran. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained to him the markings of Sajdai Tilawat in the Quran and the scholars have said that in total they were 15. But there is a difference, differences of opinion. 
some of the scholars, Imam Abu Hanifa says that it is only 14. How many? 14. So you have two sajdas in Suratul Hajj. The last sajda in Suratul Hajj is a sajda to the fiqh of Imam Shafi'i, not to the fiqh of Imam Abu Hanifa. So in total it would be four. Though it is mustahab to perform 15 sajdai tilawat. What is it? 15 sajdai tilawat as mentioned uh, to Hazrat Amr ibn al-As radiallahu ta'ala. Imam Shafi'i and Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullah disregard the sajda in Surah Saad. And they say this, the sajda in Surah Saad is not sajdai tilawat. So there is a differences of opinion as far as your sujood is concerned. But these are just some of the masail. Very quickly, another type of sajda is sajday shukr. What is it? Sajday shukr. Brothers, bear with me just for a few minutes. Inshallah, I'll explain to you. Sajday shukr is mustahab according to Imam Shafi, according to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, Imam Abu Yusuf, and Imam Muhammad. Sajday shukr would mean if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed you with a great blessing, something that you did not even expect, but all of a sudden Allah has given you this great blessing. Oh, Allah has saved you from a tragedy, a calamity, mm-hmm. an accident that would have occurred, and all of a sudden Allah has protected you. Then in appreciation, a person is allowed, it is considered to be mustahab in all of the uh, in the opinion of all the names that I have mentioned, it is mustahab recommended that a person performs one sajda, one sajda, and this sajda is sajdae shukr, in, in showing gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this sajda is also accepted in Islam. In the hadith it comes, Kana Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Iza atahu amrun yasurru bihi, that at times if any good news would come to Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he would fall down in prostration in shukr he would fall down in prostration doing the shukr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is accepted in Islam so brothers mashallah if you feel that you want to do sajday shukr this is something that is considered to be mustahab though Imam Abu Hanifa holds the opinion that rather than sajdeh shukr, a person should complete two rakats nafal, which is of uh, tahiyyatu shukr level, which is like the tahiyyatu shukr level. As in, instead of just performing one sajda, one should read two rakats nafal, which is of shukrana, which is of shukrana, that you are showing gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But whatever with time, if you can just prostrate or even read two rakats nafal, both are allowed in the Sharia. I have just explained to you some of the important masail with regards to Sajdai Tilawat, Sajdai Ta'zim, which is not accepted in Islam, but Sajdai Shukr, of course, is something that a person can carry out only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you do Sajdai Tilawat? The best method is that a person should stand up and say Allahu Akbar and go into sajda and do the tasbih. Subhana Rabbiyal A'la, Subhana Rabbiyal A'la, Subhana Rabbiyal A'la. And then say Allahu Akbar and then lift his head up again. And that means the sajda tilawat has been completed. This is the tartib of sajda tilawat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from shirk. Even 
even bowing down in front of ulama and scholars would not be correct. You'll find some people when they find when they greet scholars they actually bow down too much. They actually bow down too much. It is better for you to stand because bowing ruku is a salient feature which is marked only in salah. And ruku is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I went to India once where Musabai comes from Porbandar and uh, when I was in the masjid you know you have uh, the masjids in India are quite different well in Porbandar anyway so when we went to Porbandar in the masjid there was also a mazar a grave of a, of a pious man Wallahu A'lam Wallahu A'lam and when I went there one of the, the person that was there and he said that how can you just enter the masjid like that you should kiss the tomb you should kiss the the tomb of this wali and I said inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un this is shirk which unfortunately is also prevalent in our society so people of ahlu sunnah wal jamaat should be very careful my respected brothers especially a lot of bid'ah is done in our part of the world. We are people who follow the strict sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah's Nabi did not even accept people to kneel down, down to him who is greater than Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Your ruku and sujood are only for Wahidul Qahar who is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله وسلم تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم يا الله يا رحمن يا رحيم هماري اسم جلس كو قبول فرما الله يه نوجوان ساتي الله دنيا كو چھوڑ کر تیرے گھر میں آئے ہے اللہ تیری رضا کے لئے آئے ہے اللہ یہ مجلس ایک بہانہ بن جائے اللہ ہماری مغفرت فرما دے اللہ ہماری مغفرت فرما دے گھر پر جو سن رہے اللہ ان کی بھی مغفرت فرما دے بیمار اللہ ان کو شفا دے جو دنیا سے چلے گئے اللہ ان کی قبروں کو منور فرما اللہ رحیم فلسطین کے مسلمانوں کی حفاظت فرما اللہ کریم فلسطین کے مسلمانوں کی حفاظت فرما اللہ جہاں کہیں مسلمان پریشان حال ہے اللہ ان کی پریشانی کو دور فرما اللہ سنی مسلمانوں کی حفاظت فرما عراق کے مسلمانوں کی حفاظت فرما فلسطین کے مسلمانوں کی اللہ حفاظت فرما اللہ ان کو عزت دے اللہ ان کو عزت دے اللہ انہیں تقوی نصیب فرما اللہ انہیں تقوی نصیب فرما اللہ یہ لوگ صالحین بن جائے متقین بن جائے عابدین بن جائے اللہ تیرے پیارے حبیب نبی کریم صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کی سنت پر عمل کرنے والے لوگ بن جائے اللہ مسلمانوں کی حفاظت فرما اللہ جو مخالفین ہے جو دشمن اسلام ہے اللہ اگر ان کے حق میں ایمان اور اسلام نہیں ہے اللہ ان کو رسوا فرما زلیل و خار فرما اللہ تو جبار ہے اللہ تو کہار ہے اللہ تو شدید العقاب ہے اللہ تیرے نام کے واسطے سے اللہ تو ان کی گرفت فرما اللہ ان کے تکبر کو توڑ دے اللہ ان کو کمزور کر دے اللہ ان کے تکبر کو توڑ دے اللہ ان کے تکبر کو توڑ دے اللہ ان کو کمزور کر دے اور اللہ جو 
جو مخالفین کے ساتھی ہیں ان کو بھی کمزور کر دے اللہ ان میں انتشار اور اختلاف پیدا فرما دے اللہ یہ لوگ بھی ٹوٹ پھوٹ جائے اور بکھر جائے اور متفرق ہو جائے اللہ مسلمانوں کی حفاظت فرما سمعنا و اطانا گفرانک ربنا و علیک المصیر برحمتی کیا الرحمن الرحیم